Hi, this is Marlene, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. Links to videos or MP3 files can be found on MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Go to MarlenePardo.com for information on new book releases. I narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms and can also be listened to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime for scary storytelling, Nightshade Diary for classic horror and adventure stories, Stories of the Supernatural for interviews with different guests on the show. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit Strange Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com or find us on Blogspot. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Good, I hope. Well, everything has been great. As you can remember, in the last few shows, I've been like the great wimp, wimp, wimp because of my move. But it's getting better. It's getting better. Again, I still have Scooby only in the background. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> no type of decorations because I'm still like, ah, yeah, oh, we're still unpacking a few things. And so, yeah. Never a dull moment, but we're here. And uh, let's get to the good part. Okay, let me tell you, I have a guest here that's been here before. And every time that he comes and speaks, everybody is always, as a matter of fact, I've I've always gotten messages from you guys asking when is he going to come back. And the person I'm speaking about is Bill Bean. And for those of you who are not familiar with Bill, he is a world-renowned exorcist, spiritual deliverance minister, and is known as a spiritual warrior. He's helped hundreds of people in America, along with many others in nearly 50 other countries. He's an internationally known author, lecturer, and paranormal supernatural expert. He's currently appearing in episodes of the Travel Channel series Ghost Nation and a 2019 episode of The Holzer Files, which I saw. Bill has also appeared in many episodes of the A Haunting series. Uh, he's regularly on Coast to Coast AM, hosted by George Nori. And he's appeared in the Lifetime Movie Network series, I Was Possessed. He also appears monthly on the Kev Baker Show out of Scotland and has a show every Sunday with Kev Baker, Travis Short, and Derek Strowman called Warrior Mode. And he's appeared in the 2010 sci-fi movie, The Haunted Boy, and has appeared in many TV shows about the supernatural. Now, uh, his spiritual warfare deliverance ministry addresses anything from curses, blocks, attachments, obsession, oppression, to possession by demonic spirits. He's also a life coach, providing guidance and advice on how to be strong in mind, body, and spirit. And with great sensitivity and understanding, Bill Bean helps his clients to find solutions to a wide array of life challenges. He works with each client to help them build on their strengths and to identify and achieve goals. He's the author of the uh, following critically acclaimed books, Dark Force Deliver, Dark Force Delivered, 10 Steps to Victory, The Connection, Stranger Than Fiction, Stranger Than Fiction 2, and Dark Force Revisited, and the seventh book. And help me welcome Bill back. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing great, Marlene. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. No. And thank everybody out there for, for tuning in. 
No, on the contrary, it is my pleasure always to have you here. And, you know, there's so much to talk about. I know the last book mm. you put out was The Stranger Than Fiction 2, right? That's yeah. the last one that you issued. Yeah. And um, and we we spoke briefly that you're super busy. And um, yeah. we were talking, I'm sure that it's also because of the spiritual, what's going on spiritually. And also Absolutely. because of, you know, people being affected by what's been going on in maybe the last 15 or 16 months. Yep. where um, I'm sure they, they get to the point that they need to reach out to somebody. And a lot of them I know that look for um, some type, somebody like a faith counselor or somebody, you know, versus let's say a regular, going to regular therapy. Because Yeah. They, yeah. And, you know, we're um, bringing God into it. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Marlene, some of these people are suicidal. It's terrible. I mean, they, they have, uh, they're really suffering. And I thank God and praise God for having me to be in this position uh, in order for him to work through me to be a help to these people. Yes. Yes. And people, and I I tell people sometimes besides I'm saying, let's say somebody that comes to you or the problem with uh, some type of uh, demonic infestation. If you look at the counseling, sometimes people, the act of actually talking to somebody about their problems uh, is a great help. You know, the yes. unburdening of their troubles or their doubts, uh, it helps them tremendously, uh, especially when they sometimes feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Correct. And some of these people, they'd gone to their pastor or priest first, and then they're rejected and turned away, and mm-hmm. um, which is unfathomable. Uh, and you know, they're told, what do you want me to do? I'm not trained in that. Uh, have you had a mental evaluation? These yes. types of things. Uh, it's very, very sad. And uh, so I'm thankful that God chose me mm-hmm. to work through me, you know, as a vessel. It's not that I'm anything special. It's just that God works through me to help people. And I'm very um, honored and blessed and thankful to God that he does work through me in that way because it's needed. Uh, there are just so many people out there and now so many more you know, since uh, COVID uh, that are just uh, at the end of their rope. Yeah. And and, and I want to say that besides the obvious, which is the physical uh, because of COVID, it's, there's also a psychological and a spiritual component that's not obvious in other words. And I'm yeah. sure you see the effects of that uh, as far as either psychological, um, you know, problems. Not, I don't even want to say problems. It's just that people... Uh, and and I'm sh- have you found that uh, attachments or anything have aggravated people that are have a problem maybe uh, with a psychological trying to in in other words they're being overwhelmed because there's something there that's oppressing them to absolutely yeah absolutely Marlene because again all life operates on frequency and vibration so if a person is you know really under that level. Mm-hmm. of mental stress and, and having that level of, uh, level of anxiety, their frequency and vibration is being lowered. And now they're wide open and vulnerable to demonic attack. You know, that's what the devil's looking for. And he assigns demons to people, just like God assigns angels to people. And they look for openings. And when they see an opening, and certainly when the frequency of vibration is coming down, that's creating an opening. Uh, for these demonic forces to come in and create a variety of damage. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that uh, as human beings, we're most vulnerable when we have no hope. Yeah. Because when you're going through a rough patch, but you think, okay, this will work out 
or I can see where maybe this is a temporary situation, but when you don't see um, anything, any possibility of it getting better, that's I think when a lot of human beings get into trouble spiritually and psychologically. And of I course agree. it affects you physically. Um, sure. And let me ask you, in this last book that you put out, The Stranger Than Fiction, number two, what, what is in that book? Well, it's all about connecting the dots. And, and in the first version of Stranger Than Fiction, God really put it on me uh, to share with people because, as you know, I have had just about every type of paranormal, supernatural experience that you could think of, you know, in my own personal life. Uh, I've experienced these things. And now, as a spiritual warrior helping others, you know, I've seen it all. And um, so I thought it was important to write the books and connect the dots with all the paranormal and supernatural saying, look, you might not think that UFOs and Bigfoot and all these different mm -hmm. things, cryptids or whatever, are linked to the paranormal, supernatural, divine and demonic, but they are. Everything is interlinked. It's all connected. And so this is what I presented in the first book and again in the second book. And what I did in both books is I brought in some great contributors because I didn't want it to be just in my voice. Now, I could have made it just in my voice for both books, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to bring in other voices, other people that had experiences that they could share. And um, it's gone amazingly well. And the, uh, the early reviews of my new book, the part two, are outstanding. Uh, people say they can't put the book down. And uh, it's just, right, it draws you in and all these different things. And I appreciate it. I really do. Um, but, but what I did was uh, host the books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I added my content in there as well. Right. There's a lot of my content in, but I wanted to leave space for others to come in and share their stories. And I, I really think, and I praise God for this, that uh, it, it turned out very well. And again, so far by the early reviews, the book's been out for over a month now. Um, you know, the, the early reviews are very good and, and I'm very thankful for that. That's fantastic. Because now that you mention it, yeah, there's a lot of people that kind of separate all these things. But um, once you speak to several people uh, that, that, you know, either they have firsthand experience or they speak to different people or read, you see there's an overlap sometimes of these occurrences. Like you said, yeah. whether it's UFO sightings, um, cryptid sightings, uh, and or uh, even sometimes. Yeah. I, I, and I've, I've mentioned it before in another show. Uh, when I was down in South Florida, I used to belong to a group who would, you know, people that were interested in UFOs. And after the meeting, you know, because MUFON came and gave us a presentation couple of people, you know how people stand around and talk? And I had people mm -hmm. that were telling me that after they had had a UFO sighting, just like, you know, in the sky, paranormal things started happening in their house. Correct. That's and right. these were people, like, they had never, would never connect one thing with the other. Yep. It was like, okay, so I thought I saw a UFO, I think. And then all of a sudden, they start having, and some of them, it went on for years. It wasn't like a temporary thing. Absolutely. Um, and they could not figure it out. And it was more than one person, by the way, who was telling me the same thing, that this was, that they would try to figure out when, what was the point of origin? When did all these things start happening? And it would be like, wait a minute, this was after I saw what I thought was a UFO. And then mm -hmm. some of them talk about, 
if not out, outright abduction, uh, to yes. actually seeing the an extraterrestrial, you know, either in the house or looking at them. Absolutely. Like, in other words, it was not a one-time thing that you saw light in the sky and that was the end of it. No, this is all process. And, you know, I, I've i lived it all in my life through my own personal experiences. And then when I became this spiritual warrior going out to help others, I found that in a lot of the cases, uh, it was the same thing that these people were having. Yes, the paranormal supernatural occurrences and events, mm-hmm. but also linked with the UFO sightings and visitations and or abductions uh, from and by aliens. And so, uh, again, it just reinforced and confirmed everything that I had suspected all along. And so, uh, again, that's another reason why I felt God put it on my spirit to present it and say, look, here it is. You know, this is all very much interconnected. What do you think of the theory? I'm sure you must have heard it by now. That because when we think of UFOs and extraterrestrials, we're thinking of they came from another planet, like way out there, whatever. That really they're intradimensional beings. And at some point, I've heard people say they are not all of them because you see that there's some that are friends that are, they are also demonic. That some, yeah, some are. And and Marlene, uh, based on personal experience mm-hmm. and experience in helping others, uh, this must be in my opinion, a constant throughout the universe that God created. Um, I truly believe that in the vastness of the universe, God certainly created other life forms out there. There's no doubt about that. However, there is a world within our world, the hollow earth, whatever. Admiral Byrd told us about it when he went in there and, and, uh, you know, from uh, Antarctica and, and, and went in and saw that whole other world within our world. I believe that. So we do have these interdimensional beings. Um, we have beings from elsewhere out yes. there in the universe that I believe have had the capabilities to uh, come in and, and visit or just monitor whatever it may be. Um, and yes, based now, I can base this on scripture. People don't realize this, that in the Bible, there's probably 70 or more scriptures in there that mention UFOs. And Psalm 68, 17 says the chariots of God are 20,000. Yes, exactly. So I feel that uh, God created uh, these craft. Now, why did he create them? I don't know. I also believe, based on the scripture in Genesis that when the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters, he was hovering over the waters in a flying craft. It started creating everything from that flying vehicle. Uh, Why? I don't know. We'd have to ask him. I don't know. It's beyond me. Um, But I do believe that the origins do come from our creator. And if that's true, then when the devil... Mm-hmm. was cast out of heaven with a third of the angels. I believe that they were cast out in those flying craft. Okay. And they came down here and took human women and produced a hybrid offspring of giants called the Nephilim. Exactly. Okay. And the Nephilim had unnatural sex acts with the beast of the field and the forest, apes, okay. bears, dogs, uh, wolves, you name it. Mm-hmm. And that produced the offspring of the offspring, which are the Bigfoot Sasquatch creatures. 
They are every bit as much supernatural as they are a physical being. Right. Because they are the offspring of the offspring. Yeah. And so this, again, is all interlinked. So the chariots that are mentioned in the Bible, clouds, flying clouds, pillars of a cloud, flying tabernacle, scrolls, rolls, Merkaba, um, they are the, the craft of Yahweh, the Most High God, Elohim. And so uh, the uh, Vimanas are the uh, chariot used by the devil and his uh, uh, demonic underlings. And I feel that those reptilians right. are a part of the satanic kingdom and they use those crafts uh, as well as some of those grays that are right in with the reptilians. They are servants of the devil. Now, are there other races out there that mm-hmm. uh, are of God and good? Absolutely. I believe that. I believe it 100%. So we have this, you know, again, we have the good versus evil type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it is the one constant in the way the world is set up. So you are not going to have one without the other. Exactly. exactly. And, and so, yes, uh, again, it's all very connected. And yes, we do have uh, some of these beings that are of God and good and want good and peace. And then you have the flip side of uh, these evil ones that want nothing but chaos and destruction. Well, the, if you listen to some of these remote viewers... Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about that when you go into that um, state, I guess you want to call it. Yeah. They're doing remote viewing. They call something called the middle plane. Yeah. They say you have to be very careful because in no, there, I was just going to say it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Because what's in there is you get beings along what you spoke about. In other mm-hmm. words, it's uh, it it's like you know where the town where everything's allowed. You get the good and the bad and like very yeah. evil stuff. Everybody's there. And they say a lot of, you know, you know, sometimes you see these classes on remote viewing. And they say you have to be really careful because when you go into this place, into remote viewing, you are going into no man's land. True. Uh, on a spiritual psych level that unless you know what you're, what you're doing, um, you can get attachments. Or uh, you you could see things that you wish you never had, you know, to see, in other words. and Right. And then, you know, then it's a process because if it does become attached, well, that person is going to have misery until someone like me comes along, God working through me or whomever yes. that agent of God is to remove that. And And I have seen some of these people, they'll go only so far and they'll say, OK, I got, I'm pulling out now. I can't I, I don't want to go any further. Yes, yes. And uh, from what I've heard, experienced remote viewers, they, they're very careful. Like, in other words, they never, despite the length of time that they've done it, they never are not cautious about it, in other words. Yeah. Because they and, always know what you could run across when you're in that state. And I think once they're spotted, you know, that's when it's time for them to get out. You know, once they have gotten the attention of somebody, then they're in danger. Right. And and I think that happens also in other cases when you see people dabbling uh, with uh, Ouija boards or oh, yeah. communication Same thing. Yeah. Um, that uh, you get like a little earmark, especially if you do that invitation 
which communicating Correct. is an invitation. Uh, a lot of people think of an invitation as in the regular RSVP, and it's no. Once you make that attempt, yep. you're saying, yeah, I'm inviting you. The uh, door's wide open. So it's invitation and invocation. Mm-hmm. And so, boy, that's uh, disastrous. Yeah. Things can happen as a result of that. Right. And sometimes people don't realize that that invitation might be taken up sometimes months or years later. Yeah. And uh, it's not like, oh, well, your time expired. So just looking for the right time, just looking for the right time, the right situation and the right level of trauma to be able to kick the door wide open and then come in and just create devastation. Right. Yeah. The timing is perfect. Uh, let yeah. me ask you, and I know I know uh, confidentiality is very important for you, but is there any recent case that you could talk about as far as that you've run across this type of scenario? Yeah, I had a recent one in Florida. And again, I can't say too much, but I, what I can tell you is that um, it was uh, the person was fully possessed. And, um, and as I was performing the exorcism, you just uh, you wouldn't you would have to hear it for yourself, Marlene, to believe it. Uh, what was being said, and then the screeching and the screaming and the growling and all of it. You know, it was all present. And um, you know, these things don't want to go. They don't want to leave the host body. And you know, as they're being extracted, they are you know doing anything and everything they can to make a scene and, and try and hang on. And, and therefore, you know, you hear these awful shrieks and screams and growls and just amazing. I just praise God for working through me to um, be able to, to do this work. And, you know, a hugely important thing in what I do is that I have to remain calm and I have to remain un, uh, in control. So I cannot show any fear I cannot become uh, disoriented or anything like that because I'm the guy that God has chosen to work through to bring peace and order to the situation. Therefore, I have to stand strong in faith, can't show any fear, and have to be in complete control of the situation. Otherwise, I'm in big trouble, and the people that I'm helping are in big trouble, and it will all quickly unravel. So I praise God for that as well. You know, I get people from time to time, they'll send me messages, oh, you know, I want to do what you do and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) And I just say, look, you better uh, know for sure that this is a calling from God, because once you get into something like this, you are not just going to walk away and say, oh, well, I'm done. No, you know, I don't want that anymore. What is it? Something like the mafia. What's sure in it? You can't get That's it. Right. I hate to say it, but in a it's way. True. It it's is true. It's like true. This is for life, you know. Yeah. And, and so when you're getting this deep in and you are, you know, again, an agent for God in this way, you're a marked man. And, uh, and I praise God for, for blessing me and empowering me and protecting me as well. Uh, otherwise, the devil and his minions would have killed me off a long time ago. Let me ask you something, because, you know, we mentioned how people basically they they, they meddle with things that they shouldn't. And they kind of yeah. do it, but they always think that that's not real. What about people? And I think this is what scares a lot of people, that they get an attachment or something almost unwittingly. They They didn't dabble. Um, maybe the worst they did was being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And sometimes they're not even aware. Yeah. 
uh, like they'll say, well, you know, I didn't do anything. I, I, you know, I didn't do a Ouija board. I didn't uh, do occult practices. How, why is this happening to me? Have you run across those scenarios where people just, you're a weak link for some reason? Yeah, it's very rare. Usually in a large amount of the cases, something traumatic has happened. Okay. And uh, in some of the cases, in a good deal of the cases, that would mean uh, having that high level of trauma uh, established through child molestation, rape, some type of violent crime, uh, violent beatings, something that caused a high level of trauma to open that doorway because the demons will not only be filling the perpetrator, but once that high level of trauma is established, then they will go on to the victim. And the reason for that is because blood and secretions will come out of the pineal gland and the adrenal glands that demons are attracted to. They love it. It's like candy. And they'll stay on that victim again until someone like me comes along, God working through me or whomever to get rid of that garbage. But I find that uh, Marlene in a lot of the cases, uh, there are the cases, like you mentioned, with the Ouija boards and all that. Right. There are also cases, very rare, where a person, uh, you know, just happened to be somewhere and, um, you know, maybe somebody was doing something and, mm-hmm. and they were there. Um, I find those to be rare. Okay. Have you found where one person is targeted, but really it's the other person maybe that's the real target? well they'll go after the person that's in fear so you know if there is a targeted person but yet that other person with them is in that level of fear and trauma oh they're going to be all over that person right it's i think also um because what you said that you know childhood trauma emotional emotional and physical which is whatever which it pulls also a bullseye on you i found for further violence against you I don't know how it happens. Yeah. They can't explain it. If you try to do statistically, they can never explain why people that have, especially childhood trauma, uh, when you go into your teens, you have a higher incidence of rape, yes. bullying, you name it. And then it's like a repetitive cycle. The um, devil creates that pattern over a person's yes, like life. It's like you're putting out something. Right. And it repeats itself over yes. and over and over. So the yes. cycle repeats yes. until we break it. And, and I so, think that sometimes also what they look for is the people with deep capabilities of violence. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. And it's like, they how, want to push how the much buttons. can I push this person to do horrible things? Correct. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it up close and personal with my own father, um, okay. who was a good man who made horrendous choices. And while under the influence of alcohol, was wide open for these demonic forces to manipulate him and, and really fuel his rage and anger. So uh, what you say is absolutely the truth. I have witnessed it personally. And uh, this is how these, uh, these things work. And it's through um, a complete manipulation of a situation, Mm -hmm. bully tactics, divided conquer tactics, all these things. They, they look for these openings in any opening that they can access. And then once they get in, Oh, right. It becomes like a, and and it's like that gift that keeps on giving. It's not a gift really, but yes, then it just keeps on in that pattern for, and in the case, and I'm sure you, you more, you have, you're one of those people that understands that mm-hmm. children are held hostage sometimes oh, in yeah. situations 
Because yes. where are you going to go? You can't move out. <laughs> like, exactly. You're stuck. You're stuck. And uh, then, of course, that trauma repeats itself. and Over so and over. And, so and it's like this mm-hmm. black cloud that develops that all of a yes. sudden just not only comes over the person, but the entire family or whomever that person is connected to, wherever they go, it's just yes. like this black cloud. And uh, it's awful. And I know what it's like to suffer. Mm-hmm. And this is why God chose me for this work. Because of the sufferings that I've had in life, I could not be where I'm at right now helping others. Yeah, had I not been there. So it was all part of the journey. We all have a journey in life. And so I look back on it now. And yes, if I could go back and change things, of course I would, especially when it comes to the suffering of my mother. But I can't. So I just have to look at this now as a blessing that God has uh, chosen me and works through me to help people. So I will do the best that I can do by the power of God, to do anything and everything that I can for anybody that's in need. Of course, and that's what people, sometimes it's, there's a level of, even of understanding, when I'm sure people describe things that maybe other people would ridicule them, like, you're seeing what? You're hearing voices? You're, yeah. It's not necessarily that they're schizophrenic, because, you know, you had your own supernatural experiences when you were young. I that, sure did. If you were looking at it from, let's say, a clinician's point of view, it was like, oh, he's going crazy. And it's no, you weren't. So yeah. I'm sure if somebody comes and tells you, hey, I'm seeing things. I'm seeing a shadow. I'm hearing something whispering in my ear. I'm having these thoughts I've never had before, et cetera, et cetera. And I can't understand why. That you're like, yeah, I understand. I yeah, absolutely. So this is... Again, this is why God chose somebody like me to do this work, because I can relate. So I take this personally based on my own sufferings. I do care about people greatly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, just like you said, when somebody comes to me with a problem in a situation and they start to tell me, I said, "Okay, yeah, I can relate to that. I understand that. I've been there. I understand it. So. I could be the most brilliant man in the world, uh, the greatest scholar going, but if I've never had the personal experience, well, then there's no way it's going to be like this. There's no way that I can relate to that person or they can relate to me. Yeah. Right. That maybe, and I'm not going to say, and and I'm sure you've run across also people that do have problems with mental illness. Mm, I know that. But maybe if you wouldn't have had that experience, you'd be going, okay, you know, dude, we got to get you on some meds quick. Absolutely. Because again, (laughs) there's no way to relate. So it would be easy to dismiss. And I think that happens a lot in the matter. And I'm not criticizing the medical community. Um, They have a job to do. But I think it's very easy uh, when you're in that profession Mm -hmm. and people are coming to you with these types of, especially if you're not a believer, then it's very easy to dismiss and say, okay, well, it's this, it's that. Here, let me write this out for you and you take this and go. Come back next month and let me know if we need to adjust your dosage. Yeah, that's it. And And I think it's very sad. People hooked on all these drugs sometimes on the components. And uh, I mean, these things with people, let's say I I, I can't sleep. Uh, You know, they give them some type of meds. And then before you know it, even older people, anxiety is another one. Uh, that people can get hooked on anxiety drugs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've encountered then, 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 it a lot, Marlene. That's, yeah. People don't, even older people, believe it or yep. not, those, uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, and, and I think, I don't know if it's doctors are lull into thinking this is an older person who's responsible. So I don't have to worry that much about them getting hooked on some type of drug. And I don't know. 
you know, they say, oh, I need, I haven't been sleeping well. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about pain. I'm not even talking the obvious, the opioid stuff. I'm talking about oh, yeah. um, a, a lot of the medications out there that yeah. they, you even have older people. And uh, I'm going to talk about this as well. Everybody sometimes, and I'm sure you've seen it in all these shows, all the people that are getting in trouble with the supernatural mm-hmm. or demonic are younger. Yeah. And yeah. you realize you could be an older person. Correct. That you fall into something that all of a sudden you're getting affected by a demonic, some type of entity. I have many older clients uh-huh. and, uh, you know, they have had uh, a variety of supernatural experiences, you know, in their sixties and seventies, some in their eighties. Yes. Um, so absolutely. I, I mean, this is, uh, this is something that there are no specifics in as far as what they're targeting, you know, age groups or whatever it may be. I mean, this affects everybody. Yes. And and I know that a lot of people say the older but wiser sometimes, but um, so I even want to say sometimes older people get bored and they start to do stuff at home that they should yes. as far as yes. dabbling, uh, you know, and, and again, it has getting into uh recording evps you know even that isolation sometimes that people experience um has them do stuff that it's like normally they would not do if they were in a social circle and then before you know it they become a target of an attachment and i absolutely agree and what i do in the beginning is i say to the person look i need you to be honest with me i'm not going to judge you but we have to break all the legal rights the devil has. So it's not that I want to hear your deep and dark stuff. I have to hear it in order for us to get to the root of the problem. And then once we get it up and out, off, then I can engage it in spiritual warfare by the power of God and get rid of it and break all the legal rights. But if somebody's holding something back, and I've had cases like that, well, oh, then yeah. they're not entirely free and they're going to have problems in the future because they held on to that, the devil has a legal right to remain there. I'm sure you've heard quite a few doozies. <laughs> that, and I could write a whole sure series of like, books on those. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh, no wonder. Okay, but I mean, I can't say that. <laughs> and, and Marlene, I've been in situations where I've gone into homes. Um, I've been in many life-threatening situations okay. throughout my entire life. But uh, many as... A minister, a spiritual warrior as well, you know, gone into some of these homes and people handed me their guns saying, I want to shoot you right now. Uh, mm-hmm. People trying to stab me. Um, hit All those me people that want to do what things. you do, I'm glad you're saying that. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> this is, believe me, until you've been in a situation and you're right there face to face with mm-hmm. real evil. Yes. You know, you could say, oh, I could do that. And that, you know, that's no problem. When you get into that situation, see what you'll do then. Um, a lot of people would run. Yeah. And, and and so, I mean, it's just uh, by the power of God that I can do what I do. I take no credit for myself. It's all God. And I praise him for it. I am just so glad that he chose me to do it. I'll continue to do it as long as he'll have me to do it. So Bill, um, let me ask you something. Have you ever considered, and maybe you have, or maybe you think, no. Have you ever considered having some type of class for people who do want to do this work? I have, but then I I backtracked on it. And the reason for that is that 
I would never want to put somebody at risk or in harm's way. So say you get a person that, you know, you think, oh, they got it there. They're going to be good. And then they get into the situation, like I just mentioned, where you're literally face to face with something evil and then they panic. Then it's good in theory, but not in practice. In yes, words. Marlene. And I, you know, and I thought about it and I said, no, I've had people offer to pay me, you know, substantial right, amount of right. money to do this. And I said, no, 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 no. Make sure that it's a calling from God. If it is not a calling from God, do not do it. Don't attempt yes. it. If ever there was the disclaimer, do not try this at home. Yes. It would be for that. For this. And, 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 and I know that because I have heard of people um, sometimes getting into, uh, I want to say whether you want to call it deliverance or exorcism or things. Yeah. And then when they realize that this is a 24-7 thing, yeah. um, they want to backpedal and they can't. Too late. Because, too late. Because now you've challenged. In other words, once you're like ignorant or you're not there and doing that, that type of um, war on behalf of a person, yeah. It's almost like you're skating by, but once you uh, go up and challenge, uh, it's like that's we, it. We we know, um, we now we know who you are. Yeah, marked. Uh, the person is marked, yes. and like you said, as we started, you know, it's like a mafia type of thing. Once you're <laughs> in, you're in. There's there's no getting out of that. Yeah. And for, uh, for all those new people, just like the John Wick movie where he's an assassin. And he can never leave, and I'm just that. That's like for the people that knew a reference. Yeah. You can't. They, they, they. You, you can't because once you're part of that, I want to say world because in a way mm-hmm. I want to think it's a different world because I'm sure you it see is. things that the majority of people either you see it in the movies, but you're like, oh, that's make believe. That's sure, and you're like, no, it's not. It's not. No, I have seen things that. You would have to, and even if you were standing beside me, seeing it with me, mm-hmm. you would still rub your eyes and go, "Did am I seeing this? Did I really just see that? Did that really just happen? Right. Uh, did that person's eyes really just change yeah. in color? Did their voice really change? Uh, uh, did they really levitate? Um, did, did they really foam at the mouth? And did their tongue really come out like a serpent all over the place? Did they really try and bite that person? Uh, I have seen it all, all these things that I'm telling you I have seen. Um, I'm thinking of another case right now in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. A few years ago, I was performing an exorcism over this young man, a wonderful young man and his family as well. You'd never guess that something like this would happen to those people. And uh, as the deliverance was taking place and as the demon was leaving him, his face went uh, like into a V. So the the cheeks came up like this, the chin came down. So it was like a V. Right. And the entity left from the top of his head. Uh, again, Marlene, you would have had to have seen this with your own eyes right. to understand what I'm saying to you. Mm-hmm. And it happened. And it was so amazing because after it was over with, when a person's possessed in virtually all the cases, they don't have any recollection of anything that has taken place. Right. 
When this was over, the young man said that he felt this tremendous pressure leaving the top of his head. And that's exactly what was happening because the entity was coming up and out and through the top of his head. Wow. And that's not... And see, that's the thing. When people see these movies, it's like, okay, end of the movie, the credits roll, and it's over. And people don't realize that the reality of it, that, that that's there's never that pat ending. Yeah. Um, because I'm sure he would, even after the exorcism, this person still has to be careful what they engage in. Well, what I do in a lot of these, especially when it's something along those lines, I have follow-ups. So he and I have regular follow-ups. Uh, he's doing very well. Praise God for that. Uh, may he never have a situation like that again, but we have to be sure that he's okay and he's going to be okay. So um, in situations like that, I always try to follow up with the clients, but mm -hmm. that was certainly uh, one of the more memorable cases that, you know, I'll never ever forget that and how that, you know, again, just absolutely trained. And it was so bad for that young man mm -hmm. that, Prior to me getting there, he was taken to eight of the top psychiatrists in San Francisco. Okay. Nobody had any solutions for him. They filled him full of meds, right. um, but they didn't have any solutions for him at all. And uh, his parents saw me on TV and reached out. And then, you know, we set up the uh, time and the date. I was on a plane there and, uh, and God worked through me to help him. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it was so bad that uh, he was actually you know, on the floor. And luckily his parents were willing to contact you because there's some people. Thank God. Just like, they're like, give up, you know, and say, well, you know, my kid is sick. What can I do? As in sick I as in, I guess I'll have to medicate him for the rest of his life. And, and they tried that route. You know, they tried that with all the top, you know, people in the psychiatric field there in the area. And, uh, and then they came to the realization that this has to be spiritual. Yes. Uh, and then they reached out and they're wonderful people, love them dearly. And I, I'm so glad that they did reach out and I'm thankful to God that he worked through me to help that young man. That, yeah. And see, that's, that's what I think a lot of people, especially if they're very fact-based kind of analytical uh, they have a hard time if they ever come across this scenario for themselves or a family member to say, I got to let go of these things where everything has got to have a scientific slash medical explanation. Yeah. And look at a spiritual aspect as to what's causing it or where the solution lies. And some people never, unfortunately, do that. They stop short. They kind of, I want to say, they're almost like embarrassed with themselves, especially if they're kind of, uh, I want to say, whether agnostic or. Yeah. Something. You know, that it's like, no, I'm not going to go there. Right. So it's very difficult at that point. And, and they are at that line where they say, I just I am not crossing that line because I don't believe. So I can't cross that line because I don't believe. Now, I've had some of those types of people come to me and guess what? God worked through me to not only deliver them, but then they became strong oh, believers. Yes. Of course. Of course. And unfortunately, sometimes it takes something that extreme to bring them around to realize that maybe what they've based their whole life on, their belief systems, you know, whether they have no belief at all in anything beyond, you know, their the present moment or an agnostic, which is kind of teetering on like, maybe there's God, maybe not. Yeah. That's something yeah. some people, they, that's a hard thing for them to say, I've lived my whole life totally wrong. <laughs> and, Isn't it amazing? Yeah. But the important thing is, is that they're able to make that transition and I'm very, very happy for the people that have done that. And I always pray that they'll be
be more that will absolutely uh, just come to that realization that God is real. God does love us and God is there to help us. And so if we come back to him, he will make a way for us because he makes the impossible possible. Well, Bill, um, I'm going to have a link to your website, but for the podcast listeners, where can they go to see the books, anything, any projects that you have? What, what website address? Well, I want to thank you again, my dear friend, for having me on. I look forward to coming back again with you. Uh, and thank you, everybody out there for tuning in. If you're out there and you're in need, uh, just uh, go to www.billjbean.com and you can uh, email me directly from the site. If you want to get a copy of the new book, Stranger Than Fiction 2, same thing, www.billjbean.com. And I also have the Warrior Mode shirts. If you want one of those, same thing, visit there. So, again, if you're in need, don't hesitate to contact me. And, and thank you again, Marlene. And I really look oh, forward to the pleasure. next time. Thank you so much, Bill. Good luck to you. Take God care. bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. It is absolutely wonderful. To speak to him and the reason for this is that like i said i've had him before on the show and <laughs> you know we've commented um as a matter of fact we spoke briefly before we ran how a lot of the things that have happened in the last 15 months you know people having so many you know whether it's your job or your health or your family or this or that or everything where people sometimes have um what's the Either way, when you look at it as overwhelmed or psychologically, they wig, they're wigged out because there's no other way for it. Sometimes people um, lose their way. Uh, and in some cases, and we talked about it, this, especially if somebody's already kind of in trouble spiritually and or psychologically, uh, these situations open the doorway for something to get a hold of them. Because there's, I don't think there's anything more vulnerable than a human being who's lost hope. And um, one of two things, they, they think God has turned their back on them or they start engaging in, um, I don't want to say, it's, 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 they start looking for help in the wrong places on a spiritual level because they're thinking, hey, all bets are off. Um, again, whether it's a health problem and or economically, you know, if, it's, if you have a family for yourself. And we were also talking about there's some people that psychologically all the the extreme changes that have happened uh, to everybody. In, I want to say in the last 15 months have been so life altering that there's a good portion of people who have a really hard time coming to grips with it. And even when they have, they find themselves um almost like what's the word i'm looking for they have like a ptsd because they realize things that i never thought could happen happen and it happened quickly and my life could be altered from one day to the next my life the life of my family those that i love that that this sense of security that i think a lot of people had before 2020 is not there anymore and even if things have kind of righted themselves a little bit, they're still on shaky ground because once you have that experience, how easily your life can be disrupted. Uh, and let's face it, the majority of us are creatures of habit, some more than others. But you know, whether you have uh, a certain job, a certain income, 
your children go to school, you know, or even you, or you're going to school. I mean, whatever it is, whatever your routine is. Some, some people are more embedded into routine than others. When you see how quickly, how suddenly, and how indefinitely things can change for you, people sometimes, their mind is like, oh, you know, I can't believe this happened in, what, what if it happens again? And, 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 and the thing is, the point I'm getting to, that thing about the hope, part of being a hopeful human being is you make plans. Okay, you make plans to do this, to take a vacation. You make plans to go to the movies. You make, you, hopeful planning is what I'm talking about. You know, if you're, if you're young, maybe you have plans. If you're a young couple, we want to buy a house or, you know, we want to start a family or we want to do this or we want to do that. Or if you're planning to, let's say, attend a university, you're going through high school and I'll give you a perfect example. So many junior and senior high school students, basically their school life went and all these plans that they had of maybe applying and going to certain universities are forget it. It's like, it's all, it's all up in the air. All these things um, kind of like pull the plug on the hopeful part or you're very tentatively hopeful. But you kind of think, man, this could be cut off very, very easily from one moment to the next. And it's almost like, you know, when people are afraid to hope or plan because they feel like, uh, yeah, this is good now. But I'm hoping I got my fingers crossed. Like, like let, let me not want or plan too much because my sense of security of what the way things should be for me are not there anymore. And I think that affects a lot of humans. I'm going to say in the United States because this is what we're talking about. Across the board, across all ages, across all ages, different socioeconomic backgrounds, but uh, anything. Um, the, the people's when when your reality because sometimes and and I want to go back to what I know. I grew up in South Florida. You know we have hurricanes. We've gotten slammed. I lived through Andrew. I mean really. And but I always knew as bad as it got. Which by the way, my house was blown away during Andrew. I knew it was a temporary thing. There was help coming in, and yes, it was going to be very difficult, especially when you lose your home and your clothing and your cars wrecked and you know because. And everything is turned upside down. But you always know, I'm going to be pulling my hair out, but I can work towards getting out of this and there's ways to to get better. And at some point I'll look back on this and go, yeah, man, you remember that? Which I did. That's exactly what happened. But when you can't do that, okay, when you have this feeling that, yeah, things might get better, but how permanent is it? Or... Will something else happen that will alter my routine? And a lot of people will say, oh, Marlene, you're getting too hung up on the routine. Believe it or not, routine is like a framework that all of us have. Some people more than others, depending on your personality. That keeps you happy. That keeps you centered. That is your point of reference to to just keeping on, especially when things get difficult. You know, sometimes uh, there's people that their social interaction, believe it or not, might be at work. Okay, the the, the family that they have at, at work or that become a, they're like their friends, especially if they don't have, you know, families at home. Uh, this is where their social interaction comes from. 
and um, they have their routine. There's other people that like, hey, I know when I get up, the first thing I'm going to have is my cup of coffee, and then I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to go take a jog, uh, or after, or I'm going to go to the gym after I get out of work, or I'm going to go to the park, whatever your routine is. Like I said, some people are more, you know, but that framework, believe it or not, is what kind of, it keeps us happy. It keeps us, because as, as exciting, we, the unexpected is not as pleasant as people think. Sometimes a surprise is great, but overall we feel happier when we have our routine and what we expect happens as far as, well, I'm going to get home. I'm going to do this or um, whatever the case might be. Or you have plans, like I said, because this is your schedule. So you've got things going on with your friends or your family or by yourself. And once you pull that away, yank it. And a lot of people, this leaves them floundering. And this is what I've run across a lot when I speak to people uh, that they are like, wow, uh, they're kind of a little bit adrift um, because they, they they themselves didn't realize how much they depended on certain things being certain ways. And this is besides the obvious of, of being affected economically, um, kind of socially, within the family. Uh, there were so many angles to this of what's happened in the last 15 months as far as the way you live your life and getting back to what we were talking about with Bill Bean, which is sometimes people will get into this mindset, all right, that be- makes them an easier target for hopelessness and from hopelessness sometimes, depending on where or what that person doing, make them an easier target for an attachment. Uh, and sometimes in some cases, I hate to say it, it will even revive very distant memories of past experiences of trauma, even if they would happen when they were children. Okay. Uh, It's almost like they start reliving it, uh, whether it's because of the anxiety that they're experiencing now because of what's happened. It brings to life anxious moments, even if it happened 40, 30, 50 years ago. And it just starts to snowball on a psychological slash spiritual level. And then from there, it becomes worse. And sometimes uh, people just open themselves up to things that they shouldn't. And they, or they're egged on or their hopelessness is increased because they, there's, there's a thing of vibration that we have on a spiritual psychological level, which is like attracts like. And, you know, everybody thinks of it as in, you know, couples or whatever, No, I'm talking about on a spiritual level. If you're very sad and hopeless, you're going to possibly attract entities that are on that same level that could influence you. We don't even have to go as far as a demonic, um, a demonic attachment. Okay. It could be a discarnate that you're on the same wavelength. Same thing. If you're angry, if you're one of these people that you're really scared, but you manifest it by being angry. All right. I'd rather be angry than scared. So I'll just be angry. Well, then, and you get into this hopeless space in your head and nobody understands or you're you're angry about everything and whatever. And you start attracting a a like 
type of spiritual entities. And there's entities out there that are discarnates that are not within the light of the divine. They are in an in-between place. And you, they come to you because it's like, he gets it and I get it. And yeah. And sometimes if you get an attachment, your aura weakens. There's a lot of things that can happen because of high stress levels. And God knows what's been happening is very, very stressful. All right. People think of trauma as only being physical trauma. You know, an accident, an injury, beaten up. There's such a thing as called emotional trauma. Some people are more resilient than others, but there's a lot of people that in the last few months have gone through an emotional trauma. And this weakens their aura. It makes them more susceptible. And I'm going to say because of the theme of the, of the show, which was the world's end. You know, I've heard some people saying, even on, you know, shows that I've listened to, like the end of the world. And I'm not saying, I don't think it's the end of the world. I'm kind of like the contrary. But it's making us aware that there's change that have to be made. And like I was telling Bill at the beginning, I'm always hopeful because always with an ending of something, there's a beginning of something else. And I'm seeing it as the beginning of better things, of good things, of maybe things that we should have changed a while back and we never did because let's face it, we drag our butts. You know, especially if it's, you know, it makes a big change in the way we live our lives. We either, you know, on a personal level or on a collective level with, you know, your family or humanity. How's that? Let's make it really inclusive. And we kind of drag our butts on it. And then something like what's happened now with COVID and so many things make you realize, you know what? We cannot delay anymore on making these changes. We just can't, you know, we have to address them. They might be disagreeable to come to certain terms with certain truths. And then you're like, man, I can't ignore this anymore. We've got to do something. And, um, so as far as me personally, I, I think, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm a humanist, not a transhumanist, a humanist. And I always have great faith in human beings, uh, and that we will uh, come out on the, on the winning end of this whole situation, like a lot of challenges. And of course the people that live present times always think this, this, this is the, this is the bad part. What, this has never been as bad as it is now, but then you look at prior times People living in those moments thought uh, the same thing. Uh, and I'm going to give a quick example. During the Cuban Missile Crisis, and I'm going to use South Florida, I was a little kid. I have no idea. But I've spoken to people that were a little bit older, and they were telling me. People thought, <laughs> I, I used to have a girl I used to work with. She was a little bit older than me. She grew up in South Florida. And she says her parents shipped her off to family in another state because they thought that Florida was going to get obliterated. People were really scared. I remember growing up and I would hear sirens that they would do every day at noon about like um, basically to warn people like of a missile or an attack. And I remember growing up as a little kid and those sirens, you could hear them so loud that we were a few blocks away and we could hear them and they would always uh, uh, like test them every day at noontime on the weekdays. Um, so I'm saying when you were growing up then, that seemed like a life-altering, life-ending kind of possibility. So uh, as far as uh, what's going on now, yes, maybe it's the first of its kind, if you want to look at it that way. And it's very serious, absolutely. But that prior generations have faced difficulties and challenges and things that people will think, man, this this is never. it's never been as bad as this. No, it's happened before. And like I said, I have great faith that we will all triumph. Uh, I, I believe in the goodness of humans. 
yes, there's a there's there's people out there that unfortunately, for different reasons, are very evil. Uh, and we could that's a whole little different show. But overall, I do believe in the goodness of people and the goodness of humans, and that at the end of this, maybe it'll be many, many, many years in the future. We're gonna go look back at this, and we're gonna see that there was some good that came of it, and changes that had to be made were made, and it was like, wow, if that wouldn't have happened, then we would not have done the good things that we did afterwards, uh, and yeah. But otherwise, uh, I urge you again to go to Bill Bean's uh, website. I'm going to have a link in the credits of the show, but you yourself heard. Uh, if you want to, you know, contact him, if you uh, want to get any of his books, then by all means, go there. He is, um, what you see is what you get. He seems a very knowledgeable but understanding man who realizes that, um, like I said, there's circumstances of things that happen to people that if they went to maybe a medical doctor or a psychologist or psychiatrist, depending on that person, they might be, um, or even clergy, like he said, he's, that's very true, will be blown off. Or they will be looked at like, oh, you know, maybe we need to get you examined. And it's good to talk to somebody that can relate to you and not look at you like you're going crazy. Uh, because believe it or not, that isolation that people that have some type of demonic attachment or any other attachment, that isolation that they feel like nobody believes me or even the family, nobody believes me. I mean, maybe they even themselves doubted their own sanity to actually talk to somebody like Bill Bean and say, okay, I'm going to go for broke. Hey, I'm hearing, I'm seeing, um, whatever the experience is. And this person doesn't either refer you for a mental exam or bust out laughing or says, yeah, well, have you considered this? That in and of itself is priceless. So again, thank you all for being part of my audience. You are all wonderful. I think it's great to have you uh, come in every week. I have a lot of interesting guests, returning ones and new ones uh, to talk about different aspects of the paranormal. And again, if you have a story and you can email it to me at marlene at miamighostchronicles.com or you can go to the website miamighostchronicles.com. There's a submit your story tab. Again, it doesn't have to be your own story. It could be a hand-me-down in your family uh, or a friend of a friend. Uh, whatever it is, short or long, uh, even if it sounds implausible, I want to hear about it. And again, take care. Thank you.